Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And we'd like to say welcome to our audience out there, and um, this isn't a chick show today. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the amazing life and legacy of Skid Boot. Now, I know you guys have seen the story of Skid Boot going around, has gone around on the internet, you've seen him on television, Animal Planet, Letterman, all this, and uh, today we're going to be speaking with the person who brought him to our attention uh, David Hartwick, his um, owner, or formerly was anyway, and uh, we're going to have an interesting talk. This is going to, you know, David is a real down-to-earth guy's kind of guy, isn't he, Jeannie? He sure is. <laughs> and um, we hope that you enjoy this. This is really going to be all about today, the human-animal bond, and I think this is one of my most favorite things to talk about because we really, this is really our passion behind Animal Talk Naturally, mm-hmm. not just natural animal health, but our human animal bond and the way that we feel that they all deserve to be cared for. Don't go away. We'll be right back after we hear from one of our partners. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. 
Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, as I said, when we opened the show, we are speaking today with David Hartwick. He is the owner of the wonderful and amazing dog, Skid Boot. And we're going to, today we're going to be talking about the amazing life and legacy that Skid Boot left us. And, and you know, it's really going to be nice to hear David's way of sharing because he has, a, he has an old school style of sharing. David, welcome. We're very honored to have you with us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, you know, again, as we said when we were opening, we all saw that video, and Jeannie and I both watched it, and I can tell you that I, I watched it the first time back-to-back, and I cried every time. Right. <laughs> it was amazing because Skid Boot just wasn't one of I mean, we love our animals. I, I haven't met an animal pretty much I don't like, and um, I've just had some great relationships, and I always tell everybody everything I do is for the love of three dogs that really have made a difference in my life. But Skid Boot was one of those exceptional beings that comes into our world and really leaves their mark. And he left his mark, didn't he, David? Yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would you tell us, a little bit about your background and how you and Skid Boot came to be together. Well, I, I'm going to sound like I'm quoting myself because I've told this story so many times, but uh, it sounds like a Christmas card. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm a horseshoer. I've been a horseshoer since 1974. And I... It was Christmas Eve. I still didn't have a present for my wife. Her name is Barbara. And I was called to go trim four horses about 30 miles from my house. And I I went ahead and, you know, decided, well, you know what the heck, I, I need to make a dollar and didn't have anything to do. So I drive out there to Butch Jones's house, walk in the barn, there's a litter of blue healer pups and a mama. Hmm. And this guy does not raise dogs. In fact, he, he made it quite clear to me when I used to come out there that he, he was not a dog man because he had a lot of horses, and sometimes the dogs stir the horses up, and he broke and trained horses. Hmm. And so it kind of took me by surprise that all of a sudden a guy that kind of was irritated by dogs because of his horse business, he, he had a dog litter. <laughs> And so he walks in the barn, and I said, well, Butch, when did you get in the dog business? He said, David, that stray mama, about Thanksgiving, walked in my backyard and just started dropping pups everywhere she walked around. It was probably her first litter. And she's been a stray. She'd been running around here, you know, just all the neighbors just, you know, didn't know who she was. She'd just been running around the neighborhood. So I picked all, this is Butch talking. He said, I picked all the puppies up, put them in the barn, and they've been in there ever since Thanksgiving. And I said, Butch, it's just like an answer to my prayers. I said, I've been wondering what I'm going to get Barbara for Christmas, and we got an old border collie, and I think we need to get a young dog. And I said, if if you want, I'll buy one of those puppies off of you. He said, no, you'll just help yourself. Hmm. And there's somebody calling, but I'm not going to get it. (laughs) Anyway, I, I, I did it my trimming, you know, and I had my stepson with me, and we got done. We went in there and looked at all the puppies, and we picked the fattest, prettiest, most colorful one out and put him in the truck, and we were driving home. Mm-hmm. And I had an incredible urge to, to 
Uh, well, I, just, I turned to that stepson of mine. He was about eight or ten, and I said, you know, I didn't teach you very well. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, we did not check to see if this dog was lazy, dominant, <laughs> submissive. We didn't even snap our fingers to see if he could hear and check for him for being able to see. We just went for size and color. I said, let's go back there and see how they act because we're going to be stuck with this dog a long time. And I said, let's just go back there and put them in the litter and see how they act and maybe pick another dog. And it was, you know, I was talking like I was a good stepdaddy, but I really think that I had a, is the word premonition? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, somebody was telling me I had the wrong dog. <laughs> and and at this time, I did not know my life was going to change because of this dog. Right. You know, at this at this time, I was sort of like Butch. I, a dog was just kind of around the place and usually aggravating me when I was, I'm a rodeo cowboy, and we'd, we'd practice our roping and steer wrestling, and, and them dogs would bark and make a bunch of noise and it irritate us. Mm-hmm. And so this was just my wife's Christmas present. But something told me to go back. And so, you know, on a Christmas Eve, when you're ready to get home, we turned the truck around, went back there. And I, you hate to bother an old-timer twice. You know, he's done went in the house, pulled his boots off, and sat mm-hmm. there in his chair. And I hated to bother him, you know. And I said, Butch, we, we want to look him over and maybe see if we didn't make a you know, a wrong pick, but we're going to get one anyway. He said, I don't care if you take them all, just do what you want, and, you know. <laughs> so we, I said, Russell, let's hide behind the barn and just see how they act without looking at us. And so we hid behind the barn, and immediately we could see this one puppy. He was more up on his legs. The rest of them were dogpiling, and their heads were kind of bobbling like a bobblehead, you know. They were real <laughs> young. and And this dog was standing up very erect and with a real smart look on his face. And I said, Russell, look at that puppy right there. He doesn't he doesn't look like the rest of them. He says, he does look different. Let's get him. And I said, I'm with you. I mean, we immediately both decided to take. And he was, he was a, not the bigger, you know, he looked like he was mediocre to a runt, you know. Mm. And so we just grabbed him and headed home and, uh, on the way home, I, and you didn't ask me this, and I feel like I'm talking too much. But No, we want to hear the story. <laughs> well, on the way home, I said, Russell, you know we got to name this dog before Barbara gets it, because if we don't, its its name is going to be something sissy like Precious or Pumpkin. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and he... He said, yeah. I said, well, he's a cow dog, Russell, so let's let's think of some cowboy names. So we started thinking about Bob Wire and Lariat Rope and <laughs> Gate Latch and Fence Post. And and I was throwing out those na- hot shot, and I was throwing out all those names. And then I started thinking about my rodeo gear. Mm-hmm. And, and our roping horses, we use skid boots on the back, on their right. back fetlock joint when they slide, you know, to protect that fetlock from burning in the dirt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when I hollered oh I didn't even tell the word I said Russell I got it I know this is the name and when I tell you what it is I guarantee you you're going to like it he said what is it what is it I said skid boot and that was when I said that word it's like the sky lit up and the choir sang I just <laughs> knew I just knew that was his name and that there was something special about picking that name isn't that interesting? I knew the same thing about my dog when I got his name. I didn't go through what you did, but I just knew the name before 
it was weird. Before, almost before we had the dog, of course, that wasn't true, but it, that was a gift, wasn't it? That name. Oh, sure, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, being a horseshoe and a cowboy, and I, I had gone to junior college and got that two year degree, and then I dropped out of regular college. And, and you know, I think that's something about the psyche of a, of a cowboy or a working man is they, they live a little more by providence. Mm-hmm. Than a than a person that follows the routine path to success, you know somebody like me. We we listen to our intuitions maybe more, or we listen to the vibes of you know if it ain't working out, maybe it wasn't meant to be, and if it is working out, stick with it. You know. Right. You think and that's so, because you're so close to the land and out there working and everything, and and not so distracted. I think there's a. I think there's a lot to that. The, the closer you are to nature, maybe the more intuitive and and uh, you know living living by the call of the Lord rather than mm-hmm. the the law of the land. You know. Right. I agree. And, I think that's totally right. And and it's and it's one both have, both has their place. I'm not telling anybody to quit college, and <laughs> and I'm not telling anybody not to do. What you're supposed to, I'm just saying, it's the nature of, of, of a guy like me is to kind of go, go with the natural flow, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, maybe that's why I turn the pickup around. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so yeah. what happened from there, David? Because I know Skid Boot just kind of, <laughs> I, I begin to wonder what was going through your mind as you started to see this dog. Okay, this is not a normal and... We're not trying to denigrate any other dog out there. We all, I think, I think all of us think our dogs are pretty exceptional. But every, you know, there's just some that just really stand out and up and above the rest. I think. Right. And well, I, 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 I gave it to her for Christmas, and I, and I, I'd already made the mistake one year of giving Barbara an electric drill for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big mistake, David. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was that sort of cheating, you know. So right. it was her puppy, and I learned my lesson. It's her puppy if she wants to spoil it, if she wants to train it, if she wants to groom it, if she wants to put bows and ribbons on it, <laughs> it's her puppy. And so I purposely kind of kept a cold shoulder to the dog. Mm-hmm. He, he was not my dog, and... After he chewed the end of my guitar up, he chewed my best lariat rope up. He would chew the legs off the coffee, coffee table. Oh, he got your attention. <laughs> then, then, and see, my wife punches a clock in the city of Garland. Mm. And I'm a self-employed horseshoer and cowboy. So she'd get up early in the morning, rush through that shower and be out of here. And I'm getting up, and the dog's wanting to go outside. He's pawing at the door and whining at me. And so I let him outside, and I said, well, just go to the bathroom and then come back. Well, he'd pin his ears and run off. And I'd say, no, don't run off. Come back. You know, we didn't have no backyard. We just have this double-wide mobile home and 30 acres here. And and uh, so I said, well, that's great. She comes <laughs> home from work, and, and I've, we've lost the dog on my watch. Right. <laughs> you know, and so... I'd, I'd get in that pickup, drive around the neighborhood, start honking my horn, and I'd, I'd, I'd nearly a mile away is where I'd find him nearly every time. He'd go down to this one river, and I don't know. And I'd find him in different spots, but most of the time it was down there. 
And it just aggravated me. And then he started getting hurt with my livestock. He'd get mm. kicked or stepped. He gets kicked or stepped on, and, and there he's on my watch again. So I'd throw him in the pickup, carry him to the vet, a hundred dollars later, and a bunch of stitches or a broken foot. He, he mm-hmm. broke his foot young on there and, and had stitches. And you know, I said, Barbara, this this was a Christmas present. I didn't get this to you to ruin my life, you know. And he he killed the neighbor's chickens, or oh, no. <laughs> and then one neighbor had some peacocks, and he'd go over and chew up trash, and oh. and and you couldn't call him. I I couldn't, if he took off, I couldn't call him back. I couldn't tell him to stay around the house. And he was approaching a year and a half, Mm -hmm. and and I'd lost it. I I just said, and and we would try to hold him in the house. You know, we'd try to pet him and and try to gentle him and get him to listen to us and become more of a pet. Mm -hmm. And when you would hold him, he would chew on your hands like he knew where your nerves were. He wouldn't try to hurt you. (laughs) Oh. He would he would start working his teeth all up and down your hand, and I mean hard, and until you'd have to let go, oh my and goodness. and and then you'd pick him up and hold him, and he'd flounce like a wild pig or something. He just <laughs> and he would just. Barbara started calling him Demon Dog, <laughs> and and I I finally told him after we was trying to gentle him and make a pet and maybe teach him some manners. I said, I said Barbara. I said that dog might have a coyote for a daddy, or he may be ex- <laughs> he, he may be extremely inbred, but he may not be meant to be domesticated because he he was very very wild acting, hmm. and and real smart, always had an agenda. I mean, he was gonna he was gonna go do something, and it wasn't just like wander around. He was right. after livestock, after some chickens, after something, and and. I told her one day, I said, Barbara, if he if he cannot be domesticated, he's just like any, you know, like a lot of these people want a wild animal for a pet, and they soon mm-hmm. learn that they're always going to be wild. Right. And I said, you might ought to get used to And I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm just, a, you know, I, I was just throwing darts. And I said, you ought to get used to the idea of not having him. And she said, I'm not going to get rid of him. And I said, well, if you're not going to get rid of him, do you care if I take him you know, as if he's mine, and try to teach him some manners. And she said, no. She said, I wish you would. <laughs> and, and all about that time, I read an article in the Western Horseman, and it and it said something about cow dogs in there. It was a real brief article just kind of letting out some of the myths about cow dogs. Mm-hmm. And it, it taught me a few things. It, it said a healer, his main goal in life, is to drive livestock away from the barn or away from you. Mm. A lot of cow dogs, their main goal in life is to go around the livestock and bring it back to you. Right. But a, but a, a, a really blue healer or a true healer, his goal is to drive livestock away from you or the house. So I got to thinking, everybody that fools with their dog has him facing them, and they say, sit shake and they pet him on the head and say good boy and they give him a treat and this is all done with him facing you mm-hmm. well if I started teaching this dog everything facing me and then all of a sudden he turned his back to me to do what come natural to him why would he be used to listening to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good point 
And so I just said, well, let's just try. I told Barbara this. I said, if you tell that dog to sit, have him sit with his back to you. If you tell him to lay down and you help him lay down, do it with his back to you, shaking, hand him a treat, anything, just have his back to you. And so the day he died, if I told him to go over to you and shake your hand, he would walk over to you, turn around, and back up beside you, and then reach and shake your hand. Oh, be darn. And I think... That might have been an accidental success. Yeah. In other words, I just think I accidentally did something that really worked for him. Right. Do you really think so, David, or do you think you were just thinking and you were watching him and you were wanting to get inside his mind and because you are so connected to the earth the way you are with what you do that you just you paid attention? Well, I, I, I'm sure a little of both, and I like your spin on that, but I... I you know, I was doing this out of desperation. I was literally fed up with the dog. Mm-hmm. And you can ask Barbara, you know. He was too so, smart for his own good. <laughs> he was, and he was too yeah. smart for David, you know. And right. I and I had better things to do than to be spending half of my day uh, getting him out of the trouble he'd got in and, mm-hmm. and paying for stuff he tore up, you know. Right. And And, you know, if you can't call a dog to you or tell him to stay, he's... He, he's just, you know, to me, those are the two main things. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. That are very, pretty important, you know. Very that, important. And, 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 I, and here he was approaching two years old, and you couldn't do either one. Right. And, and, I, and I've never been dog trained in obedience or anything like that, you know. And so anyway, but I, I forgot to tell you, the other thing that article said, if you got a healer and you don't put a woe on it at a young age, then you'll always have trouble with this dog because mm. they're very motivated, headstrong dogs. Right. So that that first day after she said it's okay to, to bond with him, you know, I, I didn't want to take her dog away from her without her saying, yes, I realize he'll start liking you more than me, you know. <laughs> and and so so that first day when she said, yeah, go ahead and work with him because it's, it's driving her nuts too, you know. So mm. I got on the living room floor. And I'd always kind of worked with some of this stuff with his back to me. And I threw a little milk bone across the floor. And I I had him sitting in between my legs. I was kind of sitting on my heels. Mm-hmm. And I had him sitting in between my knees facing that milk bone. And I threw it out across there. And I, I put my hands in front of him. And he was just diving. And, and I had to literally do everything I could to hold him back. But I didn't want to hold him because I knew if I released him, he'd go. Mm. So I quit holding him, and I just started blocking him with my hands. I, you know, I'm I'm six four, and I could reach around him, and I would just make a gate with my two hands. And every time he'd hit my hands, I'd say, "Whoa!" Mm. <laughs> like a horse. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd dive. He'd die. He did it over and over. You know, he'd dive for that milk bone. He hit my hand. Whoa! 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 And but I wouldn't hold him. I'd just block him so that right. he had to learn to hold himself. And after just two or three woes, he just sat there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I noticed, as soon as I noticed he was ready to sit there on his own, I said, "That's all I want. Go get it." And and I think maybe from my horse training experience, you know, if if it's the sitting still that got him the permission to go get it, mm-hmm. and he was going to sit still with a passion right. because he knew that. But if it's waiting for a certain period of time before you get it then he would always be uh, wanting to, to go. Mm-hmm. 
There's a you were big smart, difference David. There. Yeah, you were smart in the way smart. you did that. Where well, you know, it's easy. It's easy for me to say it now because it worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it did. Well, I'll tell you I what, was just experimenting. A, um, a short break here, and when we come back, we're actually going to take some calls because there's people who want to call in and ask you some questions, and I think that's right. going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So um, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Quick, short break. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer, together with Jeannie Thomason, and we are your hosts. Today, we are speaking with David Hartwick of Skid Boot fame, and you heard the story about how Skid Boot got his name and um, um, how David began training him. And uh, you can find the website at www.skidboot.com. That's S-K-I-D-B-O-O-T.com. If you would like to uh, call in now and ask your questions, because we see some action going on in the chat room there, call in at 646-595-4693 or forever hold your breath. I know maybe to get shy, David, but uh, if I see the number ca- uh, pop up um, from the people who wanted to call in, then um, I will just go ahead and take the call. But oh, it was interesting that you all somehow somebody did something to get the media's attention of Skid Boot. How did that happen? Well, I, I, once I realized he had something special, and I, I started carrying him to rodeos with me. Ah. And... And I, you've heard of Mesquite Rodeo? Mm-hmm. That's a big one up there, and the mm-hmm. the the uh, some of the big shots around there they 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 noticed me, and that dog done some unusual things, and and uh, they said, you know, the rodeo business is is hard up for a specialty act, and that's very unusual. Would you do that during the rodeo? Mm. And I said, well, sure, you know, and so I started performing at that rodeo and other rodeos and, and actually making most of my living, not most of it, probably half of it, mm. as, a, as a specialty act at the rodeo. But after the very first rodeo I did, and, and it was, I think it was Bonham, Texas, when I left the arena, these people just swarmed me. Mm. And they wanted my phone number because they wanted me to come to their kid's graduation party. 
Oh, my. Or they wanted me to come to their Boy Scout Blue and Gold Banquet. <laughs> and and they thought it was a great after dinner, after award ceremony comedy and 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 entertainment. And I didn't realize there was such a market for that. And I knew then that I would get out of that rodeo arena because I, I I would rather do an indoor deal. Mm-hmm. Than a more, <laughs> you know, less chance of getting rain or hot. <laughs> and and the rodeo. And I'd rodeo a bunch in the rodeo industry. It's tough. Uh, and, well, I mean, let's just say I've got issues with them. And, I mean, it's a great industry, and it's growing strong, doing good. But, but you know, if you did, a, if you did a, some kind of school graduation ceremony or after-dinner banquet, they'd roll out the red carpet, put you in a hotel, probably pick you up in a limousine or something. You'd right. do a rodeo, and they'd want you to work the shoots after you did your specialty yeah. act, you know. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I I knew where where I wanted to go. And and then uh so we did a, a stupid pet tricks had tryouts in Dallas. And so we passed all that, you know, all the screening on that and mm-hmm. we went on the air and while I was in New York City in the lobby of that hotel, every time I passed through there, everybody wanted to see a new trick or something else. Yeah. And and when I got home... I bet you kind of stood out in New York, didn't you, David? <laughs> oh, I imagine, you know, but I think, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's lots of characters out there. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you believe... Yeah, there are some pretty strange characters there, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, when I, when I got home... Uh, I got a call from Fort Worth Star-Telegram, which is the major newspaper in Fort Worth, Texas, and they said, somebody in New York City said, we need to call you because you live close to Fort Worth or and uh, you are something they need to check into. So they sent a reporter out here, and he did a, he did a feature article on us, mm. and that thing hit the AP wire. Yeah. Oh, and, and when it hit the AP wire, Hollywood started, you know, the talk shows started right. calling. And and uh, then the other, you know, just all the media, you know, and, and it, just like anything, it snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Well, Boy, I did it ever. That one that got put on the Internet, the video that everybody watched, in fact, I linked to it on um, my blog and have for a long time just because it moved me so much. And it it was it was. Partly, of course, the way the story was shared on that news interview. Um, I think it was Fox, yes. David. I w- I'm not sure if that was it, but uh, it was. It just Skidboot just seemed different. And but your 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 take on him and and the way this whole thing evolved wasn't an accident. And of course, Skidboot then eventually repaid you for all of the damage he had done in his earlier years, didn't he? Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. Seven times seventy. Wow. Just like in the Bible. Exactly. He uh see that was done in two thousand four. And the interview and he, Yes, that, that deal that is on the internet. Mm-hmm. And by then I had had so many people come to the house for a for a eight hour a day taping. In other words, Inside Edition had been out here. Oprah's people had been out here. Wow. Uh, two, two Japanese stations had been out here, oh or two God. Japanese production companies, right. different ones, you know. And, and uh, you know, Hallmark Channel or something. And, and, and what they'd do is they'd, they'd want to do a five-minute piece on us. 
but it would be an all-day, eight-hour worth of taping. Right. Oh, wow. They'd put curtains up over the windows and make it look like it got dark and try to turn it into a... I tell you, one of them was PAX Network we did a real neat deal on us. And and they kind of showed Skid Boot going to bed and saying oh. prayers. And, <laughs> and it was just darling, you know. And, and anyway, we were so used to to the procedure mm-hmm. that that by the time... This was the deal that was on the internet is Texas Country Reporter, mm, and that guy's right. been in. He's been in syndication for thirty years. Wow! And when he came out there to do that piece on us, I was basically nearly done with Skid Boots' career. Mm. I mean, he had just got through winning Pet Star, right? Or, or he was close to winning it, or something. I don't remember. It all that Pet Star championship came in two thousand four, and I believe that that one that's on the internet came right around then but anyway I I hate to use the word jaded but I I just didn't even clean the house up excessively this time you know and I didn't (laughs) I didn't dress up and I I didn't I didn't prepare myself as much but I tell you one thing I did I said I said God don't let me be a bitter old entertainer that won't give and Mm -hmm. you know how sometimes you get Mm-hmm. You become is a prima donna the word you know you just right. act like 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 it's like uh, are you going to ask me the same stupid questions again you know I didn't want to act right. like that right so I think God just said well yeah I'll fix you you know and <laughs> and and so because when they left when those guys left I knew something special had happened mm-hmm. and I walked up to that producer and his name is Jason Anderson I said Jason. I said, I've had a bunch of people do what you just did out here today. But I said, something special happened today because I don't know how you got it out of me, what you got out of me. But somebody finally got the real story out of me about this dog. Wow. And I did not. I I mean, I said that. I I just had to tell him that somebody, you know, I mean, I just I just knew something special happened. I had because I. I try to get the story out about Skid Boot, but I try to get it right. Mm-hmm. He got stuff out of me that I knew was right and what it was all about. And then when that thing came on the air, I was working cattle that day. Me and a guy in his 60s and a guy in his mid-50s. And in 04, I was 49. No, wasn't it? Wow. I don't know how old I was in 04. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it's somewhere around there. It, yeah. Yeah, four years ago from 52, I was 48. So anyway, so we were in 40s, 50s, and 60s working cattle, and I said, hey, guys, I'm fixing to be on TV. Let's go in the house. So we run up in this headquarters and went in their little ranch house, and that thing come on the air, and we was all sitting on this couch and afraid to look at one another because everybody was crying. Mm. And, and, and I said, What's wrong with you? And he said, oh, I've got some manure in my eye or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I forgot where we were going, but anyway. uh, You were saying, David, I mean, the thing is that I think what happened with that is that they told the real story. I mean, I don't really think it's the tricks that impress people. Thank you. Thank you. It's right. the bond between you and this dog that got our attention. And, and, And also, because for me, Skid Boot showed... He just proved he's just one more animal who proved how cognitive these these the animals are, and right. how God you know created them and put them here and and, and they kind of remind us. And Skidboot was one of those reminder animals, the way I see it. 
I, I, I don't even believe Skid Boot was our dog. I believe he was entrusted to me and Barbara as custodians. Yeah. Yes. And I believe he is the dog that belonged to the whole world. And, and mm-hmm. in retrospect, now I realize, you know, you know, you said uh, you, you watch that thing two or three times and and back to back when you first saw it. Yep. Right. Well, I just got a card from a lady in the mail and and she said, I, I'm an elderly lady and I fight bouts of depression and anytime I feel bad I I watch that on the internet and it make and she said, I watch it several times every night for a while and then she said, Now anytime I feel bad I watch it and me boy, too. That makes me that makes me feel you know, we get cards like that all the time. Oh, so, oh that's awesome. Well we do so have a caller on the line for you. Um, okay. All right, yeah, I'm ready. Caller, um, area code 315, you're on the air. Go ahead and ask David your question. Yes, I have a question for David. Yes, ma'am. I would, like to, I would like to know what he thinks is the most important lesson he learned from Skid Boot. Uh, forgiveness and uh, uh, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Probably would be way up there that I learned from him, and and uh, I I had people send me a list of virtues that that dog teaches, hmm. and I used to carry that list around with me, but uh, I I learned how to be a better horse trainer and a better a better owner of dogs because of Skid Boot. Wow, good point. I learned to be more, don't, you know, ask for too much too soon. And I learned to always keep it fun. Mm. Don't, you know, if a dog, if you're trying to show a dog something, it's got to be because he he enjoys your company and he likes you. So I, I always had to, I learned to get a dog. And I read this one time about horse training. If you want to be a horse trainer, the first two or three days with that horse, you better make that horse know that you're a really neat sort of fella to take up with. <laughs> and I, Skid Boot had to reteach me that lesson. Wow. That's amazing. That That's amazing. a great question. What was your name? Question. My name is Annie. Annie? Where are you from? I'm from the northwest. Northeast. <laughs> what did she say? She said she's from the Northeast. You want to go ahead and tell him the whole story, Annie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was fortunate enough to meet David and his wonderful, wonderful dogs. Oh, I know who this is. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just like to tell all the listeners that this was something to behold, to see these two in person, to watch this relationship. To see the love and understanding. She's right. Yeah, she She's is, and it's gonna. Okay, now you're gonna make us cry. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> crying. <laughs> we oh said this was goodness. a manly show, you know. And, um, but this is what animals do. They really break down those barriers for us and help good, us to get real. Good point. Good point. Sure Great do. point. And you have another dog that has now taken. It never take nothing could take Skid Boots' place, but you have another dog now um, that is uh, traveling with you, right? I do. And goes by the name. Hopefully, I pronounce this right. Is it Boy Dark? Bodark. 
Bo dark. Okay, that sounds more like it. <laughs> like like B O W and then dark, but it's ah. spelled. It's spelled. It's a French word. Uh, B O I S apostrophe D apostrophe A R C. And now you know why I didn't let Barbara name Skid Boot. Because <laughs> now I'm stuck with that dog name because I let her name that dog and now I'm stuck with that name. But I really like it, you know. But Yeah, but when you sp- say it can sound really just like Bodark. That's Bodark. <laughs> Bodark. B-O-D-R-K. <laughs> it doesn't sound too too feminine and poofy. <laughs> no, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not fem at all, actually. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a tree that makes a horse apple, and I think up north they call that tree an orange osage. Oh. Wow. And down neat. here in in Texas, it's called a bodark tree. Hmm. I it's like the way hardest... you all say it down there, though, in Texas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I do. I like the way you talk too, David. It, it's it's been it's fascinating. You see how you touched this woman, um, Annie, who called in. <laughs> she was touched by your relationship with Skidboot, and I think that was really it. It wasn't the tricks because um, it's the relationship. And Jeannie and I decided that the human animal bond had to be a very important aspect in what we teach on our show because. Without that human-animal bond, we just don't have any purpose sitting here talking at all, in my all right. opinion. Right. And so you are showing an aspect. You went out and shared with the world. You didn't keep Skid Boot to yourself. As you said, you felt that he was a gift to the world and a reminder, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a reminder of what we're really all here for. And all animals right. have a very gentle way of getting our attention, don't they? Skid Boot oh, wasn't my. too gentle, though. <laughs> Well, that's that's the problem with some people. You have to slap them upside the head to get their attention, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I know that um, my pastor always said some people can be gently led and other people have to be hit across the head with a two-by-four, and I'm a four-by-four kind of person myself. (laughs) (laughs) David, we have come, believe it or not, we've come to the end of the show, and I know that what we love to ask our um, guest is what words of wisdom would you like to leave or impress the audience with in closing, impress upon them in closing, that they would walk away with this and know um, that the whole purpose be for you and Skid Boot and, and why this is such an amazing, amazing legacy that he leaves? Well, the first thing is try, try to listen to your instincts in picking a dog, in handling a dog, Try to try to listen to you know if it's if it's meant to be you'll know it if it's not meant to be you know if it's the wrong dog don't get it but work in small increments if I've learned anything about horse training or dog training shorter lessons are better than longer lessons mm. a minute and a half is a long lesson for a dog it's and true. for the and for those people out there and I've had this told to me a thousand times I bet you spent hours and hours with that dog you'd be surprised i train that dog and i don't even like the word training because like i said on oprah he's not my dog he's my friend and you don't train your friends right i just everything i taught that dog was in casual time walking through the door i'd say we're going through the door now we're closing the door and that was the end of that lesson why don't you help me close the door? Stand up on the door. And he'd touch the door, and that's the end. And and every time I'd go in and out of the door, if he'd go with me, I'd give him about five seconds or ten seconds of a lesson on closing the door. And pretty soon, 
He was beating me to the punch on closing the door. <laughs> I did not sit down and spend 30 minutes and an hour at a time drilling him ever in his life. Mm. Well, we and appreciate that you took so much your time out, because I know how busy you are, David, and I'm just really glad that you took time out to be with us today and spend yeah, time with us and our audience and share about this wonderful dog and and in your continued work that you're doing, going out and sharing and keeping the legacy alive, everyone can go to www.skidboot.com to find out more and find out how um, where David is at and what he's up to and uh, to stay in touch and let him know how Skidboot touched your life as well. And Dr. Jeannie and Dr. Kim, you need to be commended for your work. Oh, thank you. Because you guys are putting this into perspective and, and keeping it on the air, and I want to thank you all for what you all are doing. Oh, thank, thank you. That you. really made my day. I don't care. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have to go cry for real. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, and thank you to all of those who attended out in the listening audience. Thank you all for being here, and we appreciate you all very much. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts. Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. Naturally.